All right, Profit Rockets podcast episode number two. I'm here with Randolph today. We are going to talk about credit spreads, all kinds of credit spreads, and uh, we're going to get into the nitty gritty. So with that being said, uh, Randolph, let's kind of, let's start off with talking about uh, put credit spreads just because they're a bullish position despite being called a put. I think that the market more often than not, right, 71% of the time, the market is actually trending upward if you back test um, since the beginning of the S&P 500. So we'll start there and just kind of talk about put credit spreads, what goes into them, what they look like, and kind of, yeah, let's talk about the nitty gritty. Uh, yeah, so let's do it. Right. If I kind of look like I'm not looking at the camera, it's because my camera's in a different position so, and on the screen. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, put credit spreads. So last time we spoke about the debit spreads, mm -hmm. uh, where you're you're very directional in that type of a play. Um, it's it's a way. It's another way of of uh, playing a position, playing a direction without just getting an naked call or an naked put. And you just do the debit spread with the put with a credit spread. Credit spread is where you're 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 not fully directional, or even if you are directional, but you can you put in a position where if it goes in the direction you're thinking you're okay, if it sits sideways and doesn't move, you're okay. And if it even if it reverses and comes down towards the leg, the, the leg that you're selling but stays above it, you're still okay. Mm -hmm. So with a credit spread, you're in a position where the, the short leg, the sold, the leg that you're selling mm -hmm. is the dominant leg of the, of the spread. Um, so you're, you're basically saying um, that you're thinking that this stock is not going to come towards that or going to end up towards that uh, under that sh short leg before the expiration date. Yeah. So um, I don't know if you want to go through an example. It's kind of tough to explain and, 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 and yeah, uh, it, 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 I understand that credit spreads are, are, they can get a little bit um, uh, confusing mm -hmm. uh, or it takes longer to understand than just a debit spread because of the requirements that it has and, and the way you set them up. And, 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 and um, so it's, it's more of a, uh, of a situation where you need to be visual for, for it to be clear. Absolutely. One way that I've always uh, described it, if, if you wanna pull one up or an example of one up on um, option strat while I kind of break it down, the way that I've always explained it to people is this. We understand that the closer that we are to the money, whether it's for a call or for a put, but since we're talking about puts, we'll just use puts as the example. The closer that you are to being at the money or in the money, the more expensive the premium is going to be on that contract. So with the credit spread, it's the opposite of a debit spread in the sense that you are selling to open the more expensive contract and buying to open a cheaper, further out of the money contract. So both contracts will still be out of the money, but the one that is closer to being at or in the money is the one that's being sold and the one that is further out of the money is the one that is being purchased so if we collected right because when we sell to open a position it's going to we, we receive premium for it right so if we collected 
say $100 in premium for a contract, right? It would be as if we collect 100 and then we spend 40 of that 100 for a net credit of $60. And we would get to keep that $60 if all things go correct. And if the stock stays and leaves are sold to open strike out of the money. Correct. That's now, the to add, now to add to it, mm -hmm. the reason why you're buying the lower leg, mm -hmm. um, remember that you, not all accounts can do uh, naked selling. Most accounts can't do naked selling. It requires a lot of margin. It requires because you're so open to to infinite risk. If the stock goes to zero, or if this if it, if it's a call side that you're selling and it shoots up, um, because imagine being in a situation. For example, Tesla, you're selling a six fifty call, meaning that if it breaks that, you're willing to sell a hundred shares of Tesla to that person at six fifty. And next thing you know, Tesla ends up at 700. You would have, if you don't have the shares where it's a covered call, you don't have the shares. You have to buy it at 700 and resell it to that person at 60, netting a negative $5,000 uh, uh, trade there. So not all accounts can do that. The way around it is cover it is, is buying protection on the other side. So same example, again, you want to sell a 650 call on Tesla because you don't think it's going to reach that. But just in case it does, you want to buy a strike above so that if it does break it, let's say it does, let's say you sell the 650 and let's say you buy the uh, 660 call to cover it as a protection and Tesla shoots up to 700, you don't have to buy Tesla 700 anymore. You can exercise the 660 call and turn over those, those shares to the person that what the, the that you sold the 650 call to hence instead of a 5,000 or plus loss your loss is uh your risk is defined your risk yeah. is limited so you lower your risk by doing the two leg spreads um, for the credit spread so that's the point of buying the the extra leg on top of whatever you're selling um and obviously uh, if you're selling the leg naked, then you're going to collect all of the premium, just like Hunter said. But since you need the protection, and once you collect that premium from the, the sell to open, you're going to use some of that premium to buy the open, the other strike, which leaves you with a, with, with the net credit, which would be uh, the profit of, of that trade. Absolutely. And like one thing that you want to make sure that you're understanding is when you are purchasing that leg, the whole purpose of going further out of the money or the further out of the money that you go, the less you will pay for it. However, options kind of have this give and take. There's always a give and take with everything. So the further out that you are purchasing, right, the cheaper the contracts are, the further out of the money that you go. However, we have to be able to understand how much collateral we're willing to put up whenever we're getting into one of these positions, right? So when you are trying to figure out, okay, I want to enter into a put credit spread on Tesla um, expiring, let's see, when is this one? June the 4th? And do June I, like, 18th, like, oh. since it's the monthly. Since yeah, it's the monthly. Yeah. Oh, these are calls. These are calls, yeah. Uh, oh, this, this is a bull call spread. Okay, so. Uh, actually, yeah, you're right. Uh, bull put spread is what we need. There we go. Credit spread. 
Yeah. So if we were like, yeah, we think that Tesla has, you know, Elon Musk day, it's going to be great. The stock usually flies up 5% and we are bullish, right? And currently the stock is sitting at $602. So we say, all right, it's time to enter into a spread. We need to be able to understand that the, the more distance that we have between the strike that we're selling to open, right? And the strike that we're buying to open, the more credit we're going to receive, right? For a larger distance, but the more collateral we have to put up. So let me explain, or actually Randolph, would you like to explain how collateral sure. works to the people? With the visual, it probably will help um, yeah. with, with that. So um, as Hunter says, uh, let's say uh, Elon Musk day is coming up, $602. You know, there's a strong support at $575. So you decide, you know what, I'm going to sell the $575. So um, you go and put the $575. You sell right here the $575 put. So now you need the, uh, what's it called? You need the uh, protection on the downside. Um, the protection on the downside is now you have to determine how wide you want the spread between the the one that you're selling to open and the one that you're you're buying that you're buying to open. The wider the spread is, the wider there's going to be. Uh, um, how can I say this? The wider the spread is, mm -hmm. the wider is the space for 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 your break even. And then to get into the into the negative portion of the trade. So if it's a ten dollar wide spread, so for example, it's five seventy five, and you do five sixty five. The fact that it's a ten ten dollar wide spread per share, which is times one hundred, that's a thousand dollars. The collateral that you're going to need is right here. It says right here, estimated margin one thousand dollars. That's because of the width of the spread from 75 to 565. If you wanted to do a 20 wide spread, your collateral would be $2,000. Mm -hmm. So if you're doing a five point wide spread, it's only $500. Now, just as Hunter said, the wider you make the spread, the more credit you're going to be receiving. So a, a $10 wide spread, you're collecting net credit here. This is what they're buying it from you for, 367. If it's 20 point, it's 705. So let's say we do 565. You see that you're collecting $367. So what happened is that because you're putting up a thousand bucks for the 10 point wide, you're collecting 367. You subtract that amount of credit that you receive from your collateral. You subtract that from your collateral and that is going to equal what your maximum loss will be, which is $633. You know, so the difference with a debit spread or a spread that you're paying for and a spread that you're getting paid, when you're getting paid, you're collecting the full amount. Mm -hmm. You know, there's there's no extra money to make. You're collecting the full credit. Boom, here's your money. It's deposited straight into your Robinhood account or whichever account you use. And then it depends on what happens with your trade. If you're going to keep the full 100% or if you're going to lose the, the 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 difference between the, the collateral amount and the credit that you receive um 
So with Robinhood, Robinhood will require you to put up the whole collateral. Uh, some other brokers, they actually don't need you to put up that whole amount. What they'll want you to put up is the, the, the part of it that you're risking. Mm -hmm. So because you're collecting 367, like for example, TD Ameritrade, you're collecting 367, the collateral will be 1,000, your max loss is 633. That's how much they would hold is the 633. And then if it goes against you, then they keep the 633. If, it, if everything works on um, the way you want it to work, then they redeposit that into your account. Um, I think I maybe have went a little too far too quick, but that's the gist of a credit spread. The credit spread is you sell to open a leg, you buy to open a protection leg under, and then you determine if you wanted to make it one point wide, five point wide, 10 point wide, or however wide you want to make it. Now we're gonna talk about what the sweet spots are, what we prefer to do, or what we think is the best way to do it. But if you feel that a 50 point wide is, is, up, is what you want, then that's what it is. But the way that you see what your break even is, where you would come out with zero, is that uh, that uh, uh, net credit that you're receiving, which is 367, it's minus the uh, what is it the, the the sell to open leg. So if you're receiving 367 and you're selling 570, 575, then uh, 367 would be uh, $3.61. Ooh, and then your break even is going to be five seventy one. Exactly. So when you when you subtract that three dollars in in sixty seven cents mm -hmm. um, from your sell to order, it brings your break even to five seventy one thirty two, which is right here. You see the blue line right there that shows you where your break even is. So that's how you know where your break even is. You so any if the stock even if it breaks through your five seventy five put. And it goes, as long as it closes over 571.33, you would not be in negative, you know? But 575 and up is where you keep the credit. Yeah. Is where you keep the credit. So that's how, uh, this is a put credit spread. This is the put side of it. The call side is the same thing. I'll go ahead and show that to you. Uh, call, bear call spread. So let's say, with the same Tesla idea, you don't think Tesla's gonna get to 650. So you decide to sell Tesla 650 and then you buy protection under at 655 or 660, like for example. So here, this is a $1,000, it, it's a 10 point widespread. So it's a $1,000 margin, $1,000 collateral. You're collecting $287 for that spread. So your maximum loss is 713. So if it, you make it five point wide with 55, your, max, your, your collateral is 500, you're collecting 147. So your maximum loss is 352. And this is all at expiration, by the way. This is, this is the type of trade that these numbers are what you're going, your total is going to be at the expiration day of the, of the trade. Doesn't mean that you can't close it before, but to get that max profit and all that, this is at expiration. 
And something that you guys, I get a lot of questions, um, especially in my DMs about uh, people asking, okay, well, so what is, what am I trying to say? Why, what am I trying to say when I'm getting into a bull put spread or a bear call spread, which is, you might hear them be called those things because a bear call spread, you think that it will not reach above it. That's a bearish prediction, a bull put spread because you think it's going to go up above where the current level is. When you're entering into a spread, a credit spread in particular, you are saying that that is the it's it's not falling through this range that by expiration, it will be above whatever the leg that you sold to open is. If that is the case, then in theory and in actuality, but we won't be practicing that you would receive 100% of the credit that you received. So if you sold to open, because when we're entering into a spread, a credit spread, we're selling to open, we would buy to close with the remaining leftover money. The difference in between those is our profit. So in this example that we have right here in this bear call spread that you can see mm -hmm. where we received a net credit of $167. If we made $100 and, you know, expiration is I don't know, four and a half weeks away. And we're like, well, we don't want to sit there and let the trade reverse on us. We would then take the $67 that's left of the net credit, right? Because we receive 167 and we would buy it to close, buy back. And then that $100 that we received is what we ultimately come away with as a win. So we're selling to open a credit spread position and we're buying to close. Every buy must be matched with a sell. So if you start off selling, then you must buy to close. If you start off buying, then you must sell to close. But they have to pair together. One cannot be without the other. Correct. And the main thing to remember is that if it's a debit where you're paying something, if it's a debit spread, then you're buying to open it. And then once it's time to close it, then you sell to close it. With a credit spread, you're not paying anything. You're just receiving payment. The only thing you're putting up is collateral. You know, you're just putting, it's like putting the, the money in. It's like saying, listen, I'll put up $500 here um, that this stock is not going to make it to this point. And if it doesn't, I want to keep that 167. So that's pretty much what it is. It's just saying, hold on to that collateral. I know it's not going to get there. Um, you sell it, you get the 167 bucks. And if you're right, you keep the 167 plus you get your, your collateral back, the money you put up for that. So with a credit spread, you're not paying anything. So you're, you're selling it to open. And then when it's time to close it up, um, as we move forward and you're right about the trade and it's losing value. Mm -hmm. So it's not worth 167 as credit anymore. When you check, when you look at it now, it's maybe $50, the word, the trade is worth $50. You can decide to say, you know what? I'm just going to buy it back by buying it back. You're buying it to close. You pay the 50 bucks for it. And the difference is what your profit is. Exactly. Cause as an option seller guys, you have to remember, we want this to expire worthless. We are selling people low probability trades, and we are profiting off of the fact that they're not able to make any money off of it. So one thing that a lot of people forget and one thing that a lot of people um, can sometimes have trouble with is the fact that they don't know where to enter. They're so used to being buyers that they don't know. So let's talk about the bid ask spread for just a minute with when it comes to credit spreads, because this is something that um, many people don't realize until it's too late. When you enter into a credit spread, 
you want to get filled at the ask ideally ideally you want to put in your first order at the ask and hopefully it gets filled why is that because we know that the ask is where you're that's where the most of the money is right so if you can get filled at the ask you receive a larger credit you don't want to get filled at the bid where you receive a teeny tiny credit because now number one you might start off in the red number two you know you want to receive as much money as possible so we want to ideally get our original fill and enter into the position at the ask we're buying in at the ask or i should say we're selling to open at the ask when we're ready to close the position though it's flipped we want to close the position at the bid ideally and walk our way up meaning if it doesn't get filled at the bid you know after 10 minutes or whatever then maybe you you know say okay maybe we'll go up a little bit maybe you go to the mark right the midpoint in between those two and you get a fill there okay you paid a little bit more to buy it back that's fine but ultimately we do not want to in the most of the time unless you're trying to exit quickly you don't ever want to try to close it out at the ask because that is sometimes let, let me add to that sometimes the ask it, it's at a point where you've squeezed everything out of it mm -hmm. and you want like you just said you just want to close it and move on mm -hmm. and the ask is very favorable to you still the bid would be better let's say it's a tight bid bid ask spread and now it's five dollars to close it at the bid and and, and, and $10 to close it at, at the ask, but then you've got 150 bucks, you only have to pay $10. It's okay to close it at the ask there because you're closing it and you're moving on, you know? True. Very true. And not have to squeeze another one or $2 because you, you wanna be at the bid. If it's wide, then I get it. But if it's not wide that much, if it's not that much wide and, and, and you're able to put it in, go ahead and do it. Um, but like Hunter said is, at the beginning, just start to try to go for the bid and, and, and let it sit and 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 for the system to try to match up your 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 order to close mm -hmm. at the price that you're looking for, your limit that you're looking for. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, that's that's what's gonna make the biggest difference is understanding how to use the bid and the ask to your advantage because um, for the most part, and we'll kind of get there as we go further along. We are typically, unless it's just right at expiration and we're just so, you know, we're, we're so good that there's just no chance of the stock reversing on us. We're closing it out when we see that 50% or 60 or 70%. We're cool with that. That's fine. So we'll get there. But before we do, one thing that we have to talk about, which is something that I struggled with a lot when I first started doing credit spreads, is would we, would it be smarter for us to have multiple spreads that are closer together, right? So maybe a five point spread, have three of those versus having a 10 point spread and have just one. Like which one has a better benefit? Which one should I be looking for? What should I be doing in this situation? So let's talk about that. So, so with, with the uh, credit spread, uh, we have to remember that, um, Theta is what is paying you in a credit spread because the short leg, that's the dominant leg, the sold, this, this leg that you sold to open, that's the dominant leg, it's collecting theta. Now, the fact that you're buying protection under it, you're losing money on that leg, on the buy the order leg, because that one is losing money to theta. 
And then the difference between the two is where, where uh, it, it gives you your, your net credit for data. So in other words, if you sell the order a leg and you're losing $10 a day in data, and you're gaining $10 a day in data on that one, and then you're buying, uh, 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 the, buying to open another leg as protection, and that one is losing $5 a day in data, net credit you're going to be receiving data is $5. And you know, with these leg, with these um, spreads, you need them to lose value as quick as possible. So you want the, the short leg to collect data, meaning that it's dying out, extrinsic is dying. In the same way, the long leg, you need, you need the same thing to be happening. Now, if you're doing, for example, there's stocks that are smaller stocks that have $1 spreads. Apple, Apple, you can probably do a 130, 129 spread. A $1 difference, it's pretty much even with theta. You know, the theta, the theta decay on 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 the on the one leg, on the sell to order leg, sell to open leg, and the buy the open leg. If it's one point one point apart, mm -hmm. it's minimal. At that point, you're going to have to hold that trade for a long time, really close to expiration, for you to see movement because it's. One of them is gaining value, the other one's losing value. One of them, and it's, it's pretty much even. So you wanna widen it. Now, the sweet spot that I found for me is five point to 10 point. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the 10 point is pr probably the best one there because um, the, the theta is, there's a difference in theta there. Yeah which accelerates with, uh, with the, the, the option, the, the long leg losing value, because you want that, that long leg is way out of the money. It's further out of the money. So you want that one to lose value faster than that one is, 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 is losing value. The, the short leg is losing value. Yes. So I don't know if you can see my screen there. Yeah, I can see it um, on TOS. On TOS, yeah. yeah. So just to give you an idea, if you go into Delma, into the Greeks here. So the, the, we were talking about the 575, 570. Let's look at, for example, uh, if you see here, let me make it long, bigger. So if you see right here, if you do a 595, 590, look at the theta. Theta is practically the same there, mm -hmm. even on a five point spread. Data is practically the, the same. Vegas practically the same. So if we do a credit spread on this, let me see, 595, 590. If we do a credit spread, oh man, I have some other stuff in there. Let me see. <laughs> you're good. Um, right here, you'll see that you're only collecting in the middle part here. It shows you how much theta you're collecting. This is the one that's collecting theta, the long leg. Uh, one hundred it's collecting a hundred a dollar and eight cents. Okay. But then the other side is losing a dollar and seventeen cents. So net credit, you're getting about five, ten cents. It's 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 dynamic. It changes with how the stock is moving, but you're co you're collecting about ten cents a day on, on data, which is ten dollars. Ten dollars actually you know this is ten cents a day. And Vega, you're short Vega, meaning that if implied volatility, the more it drops, the more you're going to be collecting. Um, so you'll see that here, how the profit is, is changing. 
but this is the, the key number here. Whereas if you made this a 10 point wide, so where is it? 85. Look at the theta now. It's, got, it's gone up to now 33 cents a day. Triple it. You make it 15, you make 15 point wide. Oh, I changed the wrong one. Which one is this one? So if you make five, seven, let's make it 20 point wide. Yeah. I think I, this is a debit spread though. I've, I changed it up. So you sell 595 and you buy 575. So now that it's a 20 point wide, look how many, look at your theta now. Yeah, almost a 400 bucks. Almost, uh, almost a hundred bucks, but you, it, it, you have to put up the collateral. You have to put up two thousand dollars, and and I, I, I've done it before, but I rather, I don't know. My sweet spot has been with the uh, ten point, five ten points, mm -hmm. usually ten points widespreads. That's what's been working really well. Uh, for me, I've seen people do fifty point wide, but once you do a fifty point wide, your break even is 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 is, is depending on what credit you're receiving, your break even is really is is really low, and um, which works for you. But my 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 thing is that it, it's so far down that if you do end up closing it, your your your, I guess basically it has to make sense with the amount of credit that you're receiving pretty much um once we start talking about what the strategies we like i guess we can go through that mm -hmm. um like about collecting a third of the width or, or a quarter of the width or things like that mm -hmm. and we'll see why i i prefer doing the 10 point wides and if i if i want to do multiples i'll do it but um and even then i mean i'll, I'll i'd widen i'd widen the gap it, it's usually 10 point wide one or two, but if I want to go into three, four, if I want to do four contracts, for example, here, if you do four contracts, you'll see the data numbers there. Now the data is at 380, 370. So it's about $370 a day that you're collecting on the data for that. Yeah. You know? So it, it's, it's, it's options that you have to look at if you did it uh, 10 point wide, 585. And you did eight instead. So now you see the theta is, is about 250. It's less compared to if you did the 20 point white. So it depends on your collateral, how much money you can put up, mm -hmm. um, what your risk tolerance is. Um, but one point wide, like I know I am back in the day, Snap had, had half a point wide. You could do a 20, 22 and a half <laughs> credit spread. So those, you literally have to hold them all the way through for you to start seeing profit because they move together so much that you won't see much movement until you're getting close to theta dying out. Yeah. And whereas when you have a wide, a wide credit spread, once it starts moving, like let's say we have a put credit spread on, te on Tesla at 595, 585, and Tesla starts zooming up towards 700 bucks, mm -hmm. you'll see that losing value and you, the, the 220 credit that you're receiving here 
you might see that because it's moving so fast, that's now it's worth $1.25 and you can buy the close at that $1.25. Whereas if it's a one point wide, it's gonna stick the same number all the way up until you get to the um, close to the expiration date. Then you start seeing the, 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 the profit come through. Exactly, exactly. And that's the key, right? Like if the nice thing that um, I will say about credit spreads is that even if you're not seeing the profits that you want to immediately, as long as by expiration, what you need to happen is happening, you can go from being down 80%. This has literally happened to me before. I've gone from being down 80% on a spread. The next day, market opens, and I was in great position. Uh, like after hours, we gapped up just like I needed us to. Went from being down 80% to up 60%, literally at the click of a button as soon as 8.30 opens. So even if your spread is tight and you're like, man, I'm not really seeing anything, like, gosh, I, I like this. Is it worth it? It's as long as it's doing what you need it to do, let it like be patient with your trades, guys. Like, you don't have to rush into everything. Not every play has to be 30 seconds in and I'm up 150%. Sometimes you have to just let your money work for you, set it and forget it. I know so many people who are very busy, they don't have the time to just be looking at the charts. These are the kind of strategies that these busy people are entering into who are making lots and lots of money. They're finding high probability trades and they're letting the trades unfold after they've done their due diligence and they've looked at the charts. Which brings me to a question for you, Randolph. When you are getting sure. into, let's talk about put credit spreads first and then we'll go into call credit spreads, but people will kind of get the drift. When is the most optimal time to enter into a put credit spread? Put credit spreads. All right, so first thing we have to say is that just like anything in life, mm -hmm. you want to buy low and sell high. So what determines when it's when 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 an option is inflated? Implied volatility. Mm -hmm. So when you're looking at implied volatility and it's at an elevated uh, uh, it's a, an, an elevated spot yeah. where where you're ex you, you know that it's high it's probably not going to go any higher and at the worst what's going to happen it's going to drop then mm -hmm. you don't want to buy an option there because you you're taking a big chance if you're buying an option at 150 percent iv mm -hmm. and then it drops to 100 percent iv because even if it's going your way you're going you're going to see a decline in your in your in your in your uh position because of IV dropping and it drops the price. It's like, a, it's like you buy a, you go to Home Depot, you buy some, 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 some tools. Yeah. And then the next day you show up and they had a hundred, they had a 25% discount. And you're like, man, what happened? I just paid a hundred bucks for this. Now it's 75, you know? So uh, you don't want to, when you look at IV, you want to, uh, before you make your decision on whether you're going to do a debit spread, or a credit, because you could be directional on the credit spread. It's just that depending on what the implied volatility is, it might not be worth it to buy it. In fact, it, it might be beneficial to just sell a, a credit spread instead. So first thing you're going to look at is IV, um, because if IV is low, 30%, 20%, like the Coca-Colas, those low IVs, you're not going to get juicy premiums. You know, 
you're not going to get good money. You're going to have to be right at the money to be able to get some premiums and you you you're going to be risking more because it can be it, it's not it doesn't have far to travel to break your 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 short leg your your cell to open leg whereas if iv is juicy then you can look at the charts you see oh there's a support at this there's a support at that i can go under that support and still collect a good amount of premium for it and that way the trade even if it doesn't go the direction that you're hoping that it was going and mm -hmm. stays flat, the fact that you're under a support, you collected good good enough IV. Um, I mean, not IV. You collected good enough premium. Maybe by any chance, IV dropped a little bit for some reason. You're 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 in a good position. Your 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 probability of profit is anywhere, depending on where you put your strike, close to the money, 65. Because you know with, with the deltas, when you're at the money, delta is about 40. So if you're on the other, other side of it, your delta is 60. You know what I mean? Your probability of profit is 60 because the delta is 40. So you're, you're, you're anywhere from 60% chances of winning up. So if you get a good position, you can be at a 75% chance of winning that trade. Yeah. You know, and that's usually around where you are when you're doing put credit spreads. Is that you're around 70, 75 percent uh, chance of winning, uh, of winning that 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 of profiting from that trade instead of being on the other side where you're at twenty, at 30 percent, thirty five percent trying to trying to win that trade. So, IV, you want a good amount of IV to collect premium because sometimes it's not worth the premium if you put a five point wide spread and you're only getting 50 cents and you're risking $400, that's not great. That's not great return on your money. So you wouldn't go into that. But if you're putting a five point spread, you're getting $175 mm -hmm. uh, on that five point spread and you're risking about $300, $325. That's a good return on your risk. You know, the risk, it, it's a good return on risk. So you're risking 325 to make 175. So it's a good return. So that's the, those are the, the, the positions that you're, you're going to look at. And if you know how to chart, you're also going to look at charts and see what major supports are. Um, for put credit spreads, you look at the major support because if it does reverse against you, you wanted to get to that key support and bounce and maybe trade sideways and come back up. Um, you want it to have something that's holding it so that it doesn't fall through and goes through your, 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 your short strike, your sell to order. And if you're on the call credit spread side, you're looking at key resistances and you want to stay a little bit above it. If, if, if the five, if for Tesla 700 has been a monster resistance, yeah. you know? yeah. so if you're doing a call credit spread, that's 705, 710, you, you, you're confident enough that once it gets to 700, it's going to chill around there. And if you're luck, if you have bad luck and it breaks 700, it's probably going to ride up, you know, but 700 has been a big resistance yep. for the past weeks now. It's been, and even if it goes up, it comes right back to 700. Yeah. The beauty of spreads of credit spreads is time. It affords you time. Now you can have a once you're once you're comfortable with it, and you set up a plan that if it goes negative, this you'll close it, you'll put a stop on whatever it is. But 
you still have time. Even if you're negative 80%, like Hunter just said, yeah. if you're patient with it, you're confident with the with the trade, you think you, you see it bouncing on whatever it, and you know it's gonna reach whatever it is, you have time. There's you you don't have the K eating you, you don't have time decay, you don't have any of that stuff because of the position that you're in. In fact, time decay is helping you. Mm-hmm. So you can literally let it go all the way to expiration and wait for the trade to fully materialize. And in some cases, just like her, one day she's negative 80, the next day she's plus 60. Mm -hmm. That's how it is with credit spreads is that it it affords you time, any spread, they afford you time and you can sit there and wait and not have to worry about something decaying or, or anything like that. So, um, but yeah, so that's, that's, that's the thing with credit spreads is, is look at IV, IV's number one importance to see because uh, uh, now I do have to say meme stocks, <laughs> I don't know about them because they, they move so much, yeah. you know, but if you're, if, if you got diamond, diamond hands and you're, 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 you're ready for them, you can collect really good premiums on like, like GameStop. Um, when when premiums were at 800%, IV was at 800%, people were selling it like in Theta Gang and on them Reddit mm-hmm. and all. They were selling a lot of, of, of uh, what's it called? Uh, put credit spreads yeah. way out of the money, way out of the money and collecting a lot from the spread because of how high the IV was, you know? And they were collecting and collecting call credit spread that's 500. Mm-hmm. You know, they would put a, a call credit spread 500, 520, 500, 515 and collect good amount of premiums from that because of how elevated the ID was. Now it's risky because GameStop can fly up, squeeze up, squeeze down, whatever it is. But it, 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 because of how high the ID is, you were able to collect it. Now, personally, I, I if you're around 100%, that's great IV. You know, those are great IV, 175, 70, 80. Those are great high IV where you can collect premiums and be, and even though you're look you're 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 looking at a direction, it doesn't have to go completely in that direction. You're not fully directional, like in a naked color, naked put or in a debit spread where you're, you're fully directional. This one, I think it's going to go up, but if it stays there, I'm good. I'm still going to make the money. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's the key. All, the whole purpose guys of spreads and why we're doing this podcast and why we think it's important enough to actually give it to you is because when you are just buying raw naked calls and puts, there is aggressive decay. These are depreciating. Like, I don't think people understand just how rapidly this is depreciating. Whatever your theta decay is, multiply it by 100 or just take the decimal and move that bad boy to the right twice. That is telling you how many dollars on the day you're losing and theta decay only ramps up. And Vega, if you're playing out of the money, which so many people do, and, and I understand, right? It's it's real sexy to be able to play Tesla for a hundred bucks, but you have to understand all of the value of your option contract is extrinsic at that point. Meaning extrinsic value is only derived from two things, time value and volatility value. 
The time Greek is theta decay. The volatility Greek is vega. So therefore, if your contract is out of the money at expiration, it's worthless. People like us and what we're telling you is that it's expiring worthless, but do you ever wonder whose pockets it's going into? It's going into people like Randolph, people like me, people like you in the future. People who are smart enough to say, this is a super um, egregious error on the part of the buyer, right? They're trying to go way out of the money and it's impossible for Tesla to go up $300, you know, in two days, whenever, you know, the market is bearish overall. It's just the probability is so small, it's almost impossible. So what they're doing is they're selling those contracts to you. They're taking your money and they're going on vacation in Bora Bora with all their friends. So what I'm trying to get you to understand is don't make those mistakes. Get into something where you have insurance. A spread is literally buying insurance on your position, whether it's a debit spread or a credit spread, it's irrelevant. All of it, it's insuring your position and giving you something to ease the blow and ease the impact of these huge thetas, this huge you know, contraction of Vega that's happening every single day. There we go. Yeah. I completely agree. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it, it mainly, because you know, um, with the uh, options, mm -hmm. there's obviously intrinsic, intrinsic value is the, the, the main, the main, uh, the main purpose is to be intrinsic. I, I know that this past, this past year, we've been flipping premiums and flipping extrinsic value. And, mm -hmm. but we have to understand that it was a different time. It was the, the times were different. It's not going to stay like that forever. Yeah. So we have to switch it up. We have to get into um, into intrinsic positions, which is owning shares, you know, um, or making time work for you. Yeah. So if you're buying naked calls and buying naked puts, you gotta have time on it. Um, well, I mean, it's, it's recommended to have time on it so that you can, if it goes against you, there's still time for it to reverse or you do spreads because with spreads, you're the fact that you're adding uh, short legs, long legs here. What it does, it gives you time, and you're able to let the trade that you envision happen, and you're able to wait without having a decaying asset yeah. uh, that you're waiting for it to gain value. You know, um, it, it's 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 literally determined. I mean, you, you, it's predetermined. It, it, it's called a risk defined strategy because it's predetermined. If it's up here, I win. If it's down here, I lose. Regardless of what, at expiration, this is what happened because it's all based on intrinsic value. So if it's over 575, 575, we win. If it's under 555, we lose. Plain and simple. It's not, oh, I bought a 575, what happened? Oh man, it's going up, but my, my call's going down, my value's going down, what's going on? Is it IV? Am I getting IV questions? Is it, is it theta? What's going on? These are un undetermined, you know? Yep. Whereas with spreads, you're, you know what you're getting into, you know what you're going to lose, and you know what you're gonna win. We're not going to hit home runs. We're not going to get those, those, those 
$100 to $1,000 moves. Actually, you might. Once we get into the butterflies, you might. But, <laughs> but, um, it, but even then, it's predetermined. It's, it's, um, it's, 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 you know what's going to happen and you prepare yourself for what's going to happen and that's including the loss. So you know that, listen, I put up this collateral. That's what I'm going to lose if I lose. And if it goes my way, this is what I'm going to win. So it's predetermined. And what I like about it also is that you're not, uh, because you're predetermined what the win is, you're not going to fish for, like I've seen a lot of, uh, of people trading where they are, they are in a position that is up 60% and they will hold it. They will hold trying to get to that 150%, 200% mark and it reverses on them. And once it reverses, because it got to 60%, they'll hold it because they and it made it there. It might come back, let me let it go. And next thing you know, in a blink of an eye, you're at negative 40. So, but with this, you know that you put up 100, you can make 200. That is it. You're not going to make more than that. So you do a debit spread, for example, you buy it for this, your max is this. Yep. That's a, that's a wrap. Whether it goes to the moon or not, this is what you're getting. So because you already know what you're getting, you know that, okay, if, I'm, if, if this is what I'm getting and I'm at 50%, 60% of that, I'm cool with closing it and moving on. You know, whereas if, whereas if you have a naked call and you close it at 60 and then you look at it again, and now that same call is worth <laughs> three, 400%, then you're killing yourself with FOMO and you might, man, is it still going to keep running? And you might jump back in, exactly. you know, to try to, to try to stay on the ride, yeah. you know? So that's why I like, uh, uh, I like spreads and predetermined because it helps with FOMO also. The, the fact that you have a debit and a debit spread and you can only make this amount, even if the is Tesla goes zooming by, I spend a hundred bucks, I can only make 500 bucks. That's what it is. So if it's moving and I make, and I'm at 300, I know I can only make 500. I'm okay with taking the 300 and moving to something else. Yes. You know, so it helps. Personally, I don't know about anybody, but personally, it's helped me with FOMO. Mm -hmm. It's helped me with FOMO because I'm, I'm, I'm predetermined in what I'm going to lose, but I'm also predetermined in what I'm going to win. Exactly. And the fact that I know what I'm going to win, if I get close to it, if I can get to 50, 60, 70% of it, all good. Let's take that money. Let's go and do something else. You know, mm -hmm. whereas I've noticed that personally with naked calls, and I'll close it and then it goes up another uh, 15 bucks, then I'm like, man, I should have just kept it in. You know, I should have just kept it in. But sometimes you're like, you know what? I'm not gonna close it, I'm gonna keep it in. And it reverses on you. And you're like, oh man, I should just take in the 60%. <laughs> so yeah. so it, 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 it's, it, it, it helps FOMO, it, it fuels FOMO when uh, when when you're in a naked call and it's running and, and, and you, you see it going and next thing you know it reverses. I like the fact that I'm predetermined what I'm going to win, you know? I don't know, maybe it's just me, but I like the fact that I can tell you, hey Hunter, this position, you're gonna you, you're gonna pay hundred bucks and that's what you can lose, but you can make 300. That's the most you're going to make. You know, that's the most you're going to make. 
you already know what the goal, what the what the in product, the in profit is. So the closest you get to it, you, you're like, eh, okay, I'm not. Should I wait for another fifty bucks? Should I wait for another, you know, twenty bucks? Let's just close it and go. Whereas if 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 you if I don't see I'm like here you pay a hundred bucks but I don't unlimited profit yeah. and then it's at three hundred bucks but you're still looking for that unlimited credit spreads the same credit spreads it's actually because of the non-directional and all that it I think it's better because now. Even though it's not, again, it's not big home runs. We're not getting a thousand bucks. It's for, for you put up a certain amount of money, and you have a. It's like going to the bank, and the bank tells you, "Okay, give me five hundred bucks, and I'll pay you ten percent on that five hundred bucks in a month." You're gonna get fifty bucks for that five percent for that for that five hundred bucks. You would do it in a flash. You'd be like, what? 500 bucks and get 50 bucks? All right, I'll give you 2,000. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I'll get 200 bucks. Cool. But in this instance, we don't look at it that way. We look at it in a, in a, in a, a different way where that's not enough. You know? That's a, not enough of a win because we're looking for way more. We want to blow up the account and, and go from this to this in one month. Instead mm -hmm. of compounding that, where you start small and you compound, and next thing you know, in six months, the account that you started with a thousand bucks is now at seven thousand bucks, or is now at five thousand bucks, and that's when you look at the big picture and you're like, man, when I look at the last six months, my account grew thirty percent, my account grew forty percent. You know, obviously, we, online we're going to see people that in six months their account grew or, or they went into Dogecoin and their account grew. 20,000 percent yeah yes we're going to see that is it going to create a little bit of formal yes oh man if i had 100 bucks put it in dogecoin yes but the realistic thing is to to, to, to chip away compound it you know make sure that those credit spreads are adding up those uh, debit spreads are adding up and next thing you know uh, and, and you, you you put yourself in a on the side that's more that has a better chance at at profiting, and six months later, yes, you will see a change in your account. You know, as long as you can control the emotions, um, because we're we're all in trading groups here. A call out might come out, and you decide, oh, you know what? Let me throw some money in there, and if it works, it works. If it doesn't work, then you start at zero again. But Point is that by being in a controlled in controlled situations with better probability of profits, even in this type of market, mm -hmm. even in a sideways trading market, you know, you can set up situations where um, everybody's getting clapped all over. But because you have a credit spread or a condo, or condo is a combination of credit spreads. So you have a credit spread set up you're okay with what it's doing. As long as it doesn't come down to my short side, I'm cool. Spike can do whatever it wants. As long as it stays away from, 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 from the short end that I have there, I'm collecting money. Yeah. You know, so that, that's my thought on put credits, on credit spreads and put credit spreads in particular mm -hmm. um, is that it's just a, a, a giving yourself a better chance at profiting 
uh, profiting on the risk, uh, better risk reward mm -hmm. for the money that you're putting up, I, I think. Absolutely. And like the thing about it is with a lot of new traders, especially, you know, you get a little bit of technical analysis, you start learning a few things, you start figuring out, okay, this is what a support level looks like. This is what a resistance level looks like, yada, yada. How often it's hard. It is damn hard to the point where even the best computers and the best Wall Street folks can't pinpoint where a stock is going, but we can pretty damn sure count on figuring where a stock won't be. We can't say exactly what price that Tesla will be by Friday, which is in two days, but we can say that Tesla's not gonna be $300 or $516 or $947. We can say where it won't be. And using a credit spread, it's basically you saying, I don't know where it will be, but I know where it won't be. And it won't be at this level. So that's why I think it's important when I'm looking and I'm doing my charting and I'm getting ready to get into a credit spread or, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm like, okay, where is my resistance level? Where are my support levels? I'm looking to enter in personally. I don't know, Randolph, if you do this, but personally, number one, right? I want to make sure I see high implied volatility. Number two, I want to see actually a reversal off of a support level or a resistance level. If I see a reversal off of a support level and I'm like, oh, yeah, look at this volume is sweeping in price action is moving up. The reason why I want to catch it off of the reversal is because put premiums will also be inflated alongside implied volatility inflating premiums. So when that reversal hits and it goes to this level here and starts reversing up, I enter into the position below that support level guess what i'm good and i'm making money as the price is going up and i'm making money as time is going and because implied volatility as prices increase implied volatility has a tendency to shrink so i'm making money in three different ways actually four if you want to count gamma alongside delta as it's shrinking delta away so that's what i'm looking for inversely right on the call side bear call spread i think the stock is going down if i see that we hit this resistance level and we reverse and we start heading down i'm entering into the position right so now i'm able to make money as the stock starts falling and i'm seeing oh wow momentum is building right i might look at my macd or my dmi um, i might also look at rsi to see like oh we've been hot and overbought we were at a 90 rsi we can't go much higher we're coming back down and momentum is building and you know i'm looking at the market as a whole but these are all things that i'm looking at and like randolph was just saying if i really feel sweet with it and i see like yo we've been trading in the channel you can enter into a call credit spread and a put credit spread at the same time which is called an iron condor and i don't know randolph could you pull up a picture of an iron condor just like on um sure. option strat real quick it doesn't even have to be one yeah. specific to our example but what you'll notice oh, is like when you see a um uh when you see an iron condor it's literally the exact graph you can see right here this is a bear call spread and the bear put spread is just the reflection of this so you'll notice that it looks kind of like a little trapezoid type deal and it's it's so simple that you're just looking to see a range. You're saying, okay, I don't believe that this is Tesla. I don't believe that Tesla will be $750 in two days. And I don't believe that it will be 
$450 or whatever the spread is, right? So now you have your iron condor. You are saying that as long as it trades within a range, you make a credit from the call side and a credit from a put side at the same time. That's an iron condor. But as long as you understand, hey, you know, I don't really feel like playing uh, to the top side. I don't want to play a bear call spread because the market has been kind of bullish lately. Or you're like, you know what? I don't really want to play a bull put spread because the market's been falling out of the sky lately. That's fine. You just enter into one and your gravy. Everything is good. But ultimately, it's all about figuring out where you believe that price action will not move to. Correct. So if you see, I don't know if you see the option strat screen here. Yeah. So yeah, so basically what the hunter was just saying there, let's say you don't think that Tesla, this is just an example, by the way, but you don't think mm -hmm. that Tesla is going to fall between, under 575, but also not go over 650. Mm -hmm. And you do a 10 point spread. See, 650, 660, 575, 565, you do a 10 point spread. And what happens is that this is what it looks like. So basically here, if Tesla stays anywhere in between those two strikes, the 650 and 575, mm -hmm. you're keeping this net credit. So you see the credit is $700 for the $10 spread. So you're keeping 70%, you're getting 70% of the width of the spread on this trade here, which means that 1,000 minus 700, your maximum loss would be $300. That's maximum loss would be $300. So as long as it stays in between those short strikes, which is 575 and 650, you're at the max profit level. But, and, then, and then you break even, obviously, remember we said that this is $7. We take it out of the 575 short strike, which gets you to 568. And on the other side, you added to the short strike. So 657 would be your break even there. So anywhere between 568 and 657, you're not losing any money. And then between 575 and 650, you're in max profit. So with this type of a trade, not only do you, you don't have to watch it every day, you don't have to, to, to keep an eye on it. You don't have to actively manage it. Like if you're scalping, you just basically look at it once or twice, see where it is. Um, just so you know what your position is and all that. But because you know what's the most you can make, you already know that your max loss is 300, but you know that you're, you're not going to make more than $700, regardless of what flips Tesla does. As long as it stays in between that, this is the most you're going to make. So you might get into a situation where now this condor is only worth about a hundred bucks. So you're going to tell yourself, man, it's worth 100 bucks. I, I, I'm profiting 600 already. Is it worth holding it to try to squeeze out that extra 100 bucks? I'm only going to make another 100 bucks on it. Let's just close it. Just to make sure that we're done with this, we close it, we collect 600, we'll give back 100. It's like saying, listen, I'll give you back 100 bucks. Let's just close it up. You know, you paid me 700. It's worth 100 bucks now. It's enough for me. Here's 100 back. I'll keep the 600. You close it, whatever collateral you put up, which was the 10 points, which is $1,000, you get your collateral back and you keep the 600 and you move on to the next trade. So no FOMO, no, dang, let me keep it there so I can see if it runs up. Nah, 
the trade is defined in all sense of the word. So it's defined in the loss, it's defined in the gain. It's all defined. Yeah. And that is literally credit spreads, guys. Like that it doesn't get much one, deeper. Yeah. One thing we do need to talk about is assignment risk. Because I know people are ah, yes. Assignment yes. assignment risk is very important. Now we do have, I don't know if we talked about it in this deb, in the debit spread section, but whenever you're selling a contract, whenever you're selling a contract, um, whether it's a selling a call or selling a put, there's always a risk of getting assigned. Um, because when you're selling, it's not your decision on what happens with the, uh, it's not your decision on what happens with assignment or no assignment. Mm -hmm. So it, it, whereas when you buy a put, it's your decision on whether you want to exercise it or not. With it, when you're selling a call or selling a put assignment, you're always at assignment risk because the person that owns or whatever it's, if, it, if it's a market maker or a hedge fund or somebody else, they decide to exercise it, you're going to get assigned. The reason, that's the other reason why you do the buying of the other legs. So for example, with this Tesla, if you're assigned on that 650 leg, on that short sell to order 650 call, what your broker would do, Robinhood does, uh, TOS does, and I'm assuming everybody else does. You don't have to do it manually. But what your broker is going to do, they're going to exercise your 660 call. So once they exercise a 660 call, you're going to be buying shares at 660 and selling to the person at 650. Now, I, I, I'll tell you, 99.9% .9 of the time that I've seen assignment or that I've been assigned mm -hmm. is when you're deep in the money. When, if it's out of the money, it makes no sense for a stock to be at 600 and for them to exercise it at 650. They'll be paying more than what it's worth. You know what I mean? So it, it doesn't make sense for them. Or if you're or selling a dividend, if, or if, I'm sorry, oh, we have to ex dividend. Yeah, we have to talk about that. But um, um, but most of the time, it's going to be when you're um, when they're in the money. The now there's the vid, dividend. Uh, ex-dividend date, date um, um, risk uh, risk uh, assi assignments there also. You call mm -hmm. it a dividend pin risk. Pin risk, uh, yeah. You get pin risk. So basically, um, when you're putting an iron condor, when you're putting a put credit spread, call credit spread, whatever it is, you need to be aware if your stock that you're putting it on is a dividend stock. And if it, it's a dividend stock, when is their ex-dividend date? The reason why is because um, the way it works is that if the dividend that they're going to be collecting, if they own the 100 shares is worth more than whatever the extrinsic part of it, um, the, the, the little bit of extrinsic value that's left when they're out of the money, mm -hmm. the little bit of extrinsic that's there, if there's no, if it's not worth more than the dividend, then they'll exercise it. You know, they'll exercise it and you're going to end up paying for the dividend to them. So that, so when you're doing credit spreads, uh, anytime you're selling contracts, you need to be aware of uh, ex-dividend dates and when, 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 ex when, when they're recording those, um, 
those those exhibits because they'll literally take the shares from you, get recorded, and the next day dump the shares. Yep. And then they'll collect the money from that, which is going to be if if it's more than whatever extrinsic is left on the 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 uh, on the contract. So it's rare occurrence. Um, I don't think I've had that happen to me. I know somebody it happened to them on the uh, in our group in Profit mm -hmm. Rocket. Yeah. Um, I did. I, I did. I don't know which uh, channel it was on, but we spoke about it there. Plus, I, I had put in some videos explaining uh, pin risk and, and exhibit and assignments. I did put videos on there, and uh, I guess we can. Um, I don't remember what channel it was in, but there is there are videos on there about dividend risk assignments and pin risk and all that. Yes. But nothing to be afraid about. It's not something you should plan. You should be aware of it so that you know that if it's coming, you can close your spread completely, you know, or don't put your spread around that ex-dividend date. You know, if there's extrinsic value in there, they're not going to exercise it if it's out of money. They're not going to exercise it because they'll be losing money by doing that exactly. so as long as you're as long as you know that your spread's not expiring when there's an ex-dividend date um that's a way to avoid the the the, the dividend assignment but mainly it's just be aware of when their ex-dividend is is their ex-dividend is and trade around that mm -hmm. uh i just did a trade with cvs and i was in the money and everybody they never exercise it's because CDS is ex-dividend is weeks after. It's not at the same time. So just be aware of when ex-dividend dates are, when you're doing, um, especially credit spreads because your short leg is up front, credit spreads, iron condors and things like that. But nothing to be afraid about, nothing, nothing to be afraid about with assignment, even if it goes deep in the money. You do a put credit spread with Tesla, Tesla dumps all the way down to 400, you're way deep in the money. You're at max loss, just take the max, max loss. What's going to happen is that on Monday, on, on they, they actually exercise the short leg first and then apply the long leg the Monday morning. So you'll probably come in and see uh, on Saturday, you would get at, after expiration on Saturday, you get an email saying, hey, we just assigned, we just assigned you 100 shares of Tesla at 575. So your bill is $57,500. A lot of people would panic at that. Yeah. But then Monday they'll say, "Hey, we exercised the your 565 call at 56,000, and you already collected this, so this is your collateral. We're gonna keep your collateral, and you're done, and then your account is back to normal." But a lot of people do panic when they see and they're they they they're like, "Whoa, what happened? I'm down. I'm negative 57,000." You know, but it, that's the main reason why you're buying uh, the, the protection, the under protection. That's the main reason why you're buying it is because um, if you're assigned, you can you use the, that long leg to mitigate that assignment. Yes, indeed. And then you're good. That's all. Once again, you just hit, it's, you hit your max loss essentially at that point. Yes. You you do the all the math, loss. all the crazy shares and all the <sighs> debit and credit. That's all that you have to worry about. That's all you have to worry about is the maximum loss. That's all it is. Um, now, I don't know if you want to talk about strategy for that. Um, yeah, for credit sure. spreads, what we look for. 
Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll keep it short. It, I don't think it needs to be a long conversation for that. But yeah. personally, there's a tasty trade method that's worked very well. So I look at, if I'm looking at a, a, a put credit spread, I'll look at 30 to 45 days out. I'll look at 30, 45 days out. I'll look at the monthly uh, contracts because you know how there, there's weekly contracts and then there's monthly. Monthly are more liquid. Um, so I'll look at the monthly contract, but if not, I'll go with a weekly, but 30 to 45 days out. And I try to be at 35 Delta or less. I'll start there, you know, because obviously if your short leg is 35 Delta, 30 Delta, you have a 70% chance of winning. You know, you want to be as far out as possible from whatever the strike is or whatever the stock is at that point. So you're looking at a 35 Delta, 30 Delta, 25 if you can get away with it and get good credit for it. But 35 is the sweet spot. Then you have 65, 70% chance of winning. Um, and then you decide if you're going to make it a five point wide, 10 point wide. I'm looking at the spread and I want to collect a quarter to a third of that spread. Example, so if I'm doing a 10 point wide spread, my goal is to collect anywhere from 250 to $300 as credit. I wanna collect up to a third of it because what I see is I'm gonna put up a thousand bucks. I want it to be a 30%. I wanted the, the credit to be 30% of it. So basically if you collect if you do a three a 10 point wide spread and you collect 300, you're only risking 700. Mm -hmm. So you're risking 700 to make $300. Um, not sure if that makes sense, but basically it's a, it, it's like your, your a return of 40% on your risk, you know, because 300 is 40% of 700. So it's 30, you're, you're risking 30% of the risk. So, um, in a five point wide, I'm looking to get $1.25 to $1.60, anywhere within that. I'm pushing for that. Very rarely I'll go under, but I'm trying to collect anywhere from a quarter of the width to a third of the width. So on a five point wide, it would be 125 to 150, 160. On a 20 point wide, you know, a quarter of it would be uh what is it uh 250 no 500 500 seven i'm trying to collect that amount mm -hmm. so that my risk the risk the money that i'm putting up the return is 40 percent of that risk 30 percent to 40 percent of that risk yeah i like pretty much our strategy is almost the exact same um i 30 to 45 DTE days to expiration. The reason why he and I both um, are interested in that is because that's when theta decay ramps up. So if you are buying calls Correct. and you're buying them a month or a month and a half out, just know that you are literally purchasing them right as theta decay is going to start ramping up more dramatically and will be felt more intensely on your contract. So that's why we're choosing 30 to 45 DTE. I personally tend to like push myself closer to the 45 DTE because I'm really trying to milk as much premium out as possible, especially after a dramatic move. But yes, and as far as the Delta goes, okay, so as far as the uh, 
the 35 delta that Randolph was saying that he's looking for whenever he's engaging in any of these trades, mine is a little bit different. And the reason that mine is different is I'm, I'm a little bit more, uh, I guess I should say cautious. So I'm not looking for a 35 delta, but I'll look for like a 25 to 30 delta. It's marginal. Um, but if I'm noticing that the premiums are uh, not so great, sometimes I focus less on the actual delta and more on what price action is doing. So obviously delta is used as a probability of the likelihood for that particular option to expire in the money. So when he's saying that he's looking for a 35 delta, right? He's saying, I'm, I'm cool with a 65% chance that it will expire worthless and I make money. For me, sometimes I'll look at the support levels or the resistance levels and I'll say, okay, where is the support level? This strike right here is outside of the, you know, the resistance level or it's outside of the support level. So I'm willing to take that on. And sometimes the Delta is greater than 35. Sometimes the Delta is 35. Sometimes the Delta is 25, but I'm looking at price action sometimes more so than just the Greeks themselves, because while the Greeks will give you, you know, um, an idea of what's going to happen with that particular contract. Sometimes you can see more from uh, what price, in, in my opinion, you can see more of what's going on by looking at price action. And I feel more confident in my position when I have the basis of both the Greeks and price action considered before I entered into the position. But ultimately everything else that he said, we're, we're literally like straight on together with. Um, yeah. 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 That's pretty much like, as far as my strategy goes, I don't want to make it too fancy. I don't want to make it too complicated where I'm having to analyze a bajillion and 18 things and, you know, move all these different pieces. It's like Same. either it works or it doesn't and you Same. take it or it does. You don't take it and you find I, a better I, I firmly believe in analysis paralysis. So <laughs> I, I, I go with my, with my, uh, with my charting, basically I look at supports, resistances, mm -hmm. and that's pretty much it, man. Um, but like you said, I sometimes I'm, I can be aggressive if I see a strong support and I see that it's reversing off that support and I'll even do what's called a, they call it a chicken credit spread. Chicken credit spread is when you're right at the money. So basically you put you put a credit spread right at the money and because you're confident that it's going to go the other way. At that point, you're not really, you're way directional. You're not really um, hoping that it just stays even. You're, you're way directional. You're saying, listen, I'll put it right at the money. It's at a support. It's not falling through that support. It's going to go up. So you put it right at and it, right when it hits and it's starting the reverse and you have confirmation, you put in a, the, the credit it's good you go you get good premiums because it's right at the money um but obviously it's probably a a, a 40 delta a 45 delta or something like that and it makes it it, it makes it a, a slimmer chance of of, of winning mm -hmm. you know it makes it a, but usually those i'll do it for the week I'll, I'll i'll do it as a weekly or two weeks at the most where i'm trying to get in and get out you know I, i'm expecting a strong move I sell the credit, the credit spread mm -hmm. in, in a few days, the credit spread is not worth, is not worth 50, 50% less. I better close it and we're done. But on, on, on positions that I'm holding, like, like, like we talked before, 30 to 45 days, 35 day Delta or less, 
about a five, 10 point wide spread, 10 point being the sweet spot for me and let it sit there. And if within 14 days, I'm at 50%, I close it. Yeah. Within the first 14 days, if I'm at 50%, I'm closing. I'm not going to keep holding it, trying to squeeze more, more premiums out of it. 50%, 60%, I'm, I'm, I'll close it. If the next morning I put a credit spread and I come in and the next morning that credit spread is at 30, 40%, I close it, move on. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I, 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 it, it's a win. It's an overnight, like in a day or two, you're at 40%. There's, I'm not going to hold it for 30 days trying to get 60%. Yeah. I close it, let's, let's go to the next trade, you know? So, yeah, so um, my purpose, so when we were talking about risk assignments, uh, my purpose is not to hold it all the way to expiration. I'm not trying to hold on to the full credit, right? You know, so if it like the one, I don't know if you still have options strat on the screen with me. Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, so if 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 we get seven hundred dollar credit on this iron condor, mm -hmm. and in a couple of days that same condor is worth four hundred dollars, I'm keeping the three hundred dollars. You know, I'll pay the four hundred, keep the three hundred, move on. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So I'm not. I I won't leave the collateral sitting there just trying to collect an extra couple bucks. It's if, if it's if it's 40 30 uh, 40 50 within a couple of days we close it it's a win you know we move on yeah it's a win we move on we find the next trade absolutely so yeah the, the the goal isn't to let it expire worthless i, I very rarely I, and i was talking to hunter about that before i'm not up for the shenanigans from the market makers and from the the brokerage after hours because it's been known that a stock will end somewhere within the the market hours and then dump after hours within a few seconds and next thing you know you were in profit and you're not in profit anymore so um i i make sure that i'll buy to close it and if i get to a situation where i go all the way to expiration and i'm at max profit for example in this trade and i would even close it for five dollars just to make sure that i close it you know yeah. so i would buy that back for five dollars and keep 6.95 just to make sure that we close it and it's completely closed down and nothing happens after hours i don't need anything i don't leave anything to expire worthless you know i'll close it and move on um because of assignment risk and whatever happens after hours the the start the stock dumps and no let's close it Let's pay for it. We close it. We pay. We pay five bucks, ten bucks, fifteen bucks, twenty bucks, whatever it is. We close it and we move on yep. to the next trade. Exactly. No sense in sitting there and and you know trying to penny pinch. There's so many millions of dollars worth of opportunities at any given second in the market. Why would you sit there and try to squeeze out pennies and put yourself at risk for losing money when there's so many winners ready for you? Right, like. A, a, a correction, a, a last second news happens and the Tesla autopilot car crashes and yeah. boom, next thing you know, it, it gaps down on you the next day or something like that. Yeah. Let's close it. We, we're, we're at a win. Let's close it. And now if you want to take those profits and put yourself into Tesla shares that you can hold for a long time or whatever it is, then you make your investment. Yes, you know, you, you, you position yourself, you think it's a good price to get in, go ahead, you put yourself in, in you, you, you buy the shares, but the spread itself, 
I'm closing. Like I said before, I know how much is at stake. I know how much I can make, the, 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 the max I can make. I know the max I can use. So anything in between, I'm closing, you know? I, I'm not looking for monster wins with that one. I'm just trying to, because eventually what happens is that if you let it compound and get to a point where you're able to put in this credit spread there, you're able to put 10 of them, you know, because you have the risk tolerance of putting 10 of them and your max loss being $3,000, but you'd be collecting $7,000 on 10 of them, you know? So if you close, if, if you're right about this and you close it, and you buy the clothes if for three thousand dollars, and you're left with four with four grand. You just made four thousand dollars on that trade. Yeah. On a three thousand uh, dollar on a three thousand uh, dollar collateral. All of a sudden, now your your account is four thousand dollars has four thousand dollars more in it. Move on to the next trade. You're able to do uh, six, five, six of them, and scale out and close two. You know, when it gets more, you close two more or whatever it is. The, once you start scaling the account, you'll be able to take more of them. You'll be able to take more of them. So you'll be able to, 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 to sell five iron condors here instead of just one. You'll be able to sell five put credit spreads instead of just one. Four, 10 put credit spreads, six put credit, whatever it is. You'll be able to do it instead of just one. Yeah, a 20 point wide, you're able to do a 20 point wide and collect way more credit because of the size of your account. So the point is to, to accumulate, accumulate and, and, and compound, yeah. you know, little, those little wins will compound, compound into bigger, into a bigger account, which will allow you to make bigger spreads that compounds and then so forth so on and so forth. Yes. Absolutely. And that's really it. Like that's what we're looking for in a nutshell. We don't want to make it any, any more complicated than it needs to be. You just figure out the levels on your chart, right? And have some form of a basis of why you're getting into this position where you mm -hmm. don't think the stock is going to go and then boom, right? Make sure you're also doing your, your, you know, your fundamental analysis alongside the technicals, but don't get like you said, analysis paralysis. Obviously, there's nothing we can do about black swan events. They just happen. It's just yeah. part of the game. But if you set yourself up for success and you're getting into these same kinds of trades with deltas the size that we're talking about, where you have anywhere from a 60 to 70% probability of success. Uh, and mind you, when it's saying probability of success in that instance, we're talking about at expiration being at 100%. Any point of time between then, you could eek in for a couple hours and then jump back out it's on you to determine when you want to pull your profit but when you're set up in such a way seven out of ten of your trades are successful that's when you start compounding and that's what we're trying to get with this podcast and with teaching you these lessons and showing our screen and getting into the nitty-gritty and, and 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 like you said it's not um there's nothing we can do about unexpected events, black swan events. I'm sure people had put credit spreads in our condors when the pandemic hit mm -hmm. and everything dropped and most likely dropped through their through their uh, uh, strikes. For the sure. point is they already knew what the 
max loss would be. They already knew, and if they had stop losses, it would have triggered. If they didn't have stop loss, they knew what their max loss would be. And it, it um, not only, um, it, it, it's the, everything's defined about it. Everything's defined about it. So yes, they did get clapped also. We do get clapped, but not to the extent of being in naked contracts and, and naked calls and naked puts and all that stuff. Exactly. You know, everything has its place. Uh, once in a while, a naked call and a naked put works. You know, but we need to we need to understand when it's best to use them and 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 when it's best to use other strategies. For example, with with IV, not the same as it was in twenty twenty. You know, a lot of a lot of a lot of Tesla used to get. I used to get the. Uh, 15 delta shorts and get full premium for and get like the third of the strike yeah now it's not as easy so we need to figure out different strategies different ways with the iron condor now because you're on two sides you're calling you're collecting two premiums there's ways of 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 of, of, of working it out and, and 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 making some money off of this absolutely absolutely well, do you have anything else that you would like to add about uh, about credit spreads? I think we kind of. Um, I think we covered. I think we covered as much as possible. Yeah. I, I'm sure there's going to be questions. Um, I'm sure there's going to be comments, and hopefully, they they they, the people listening can get in touch with us and ask us the questions. Contact me, sure. on uh, at the Profit Rocket Club, and, and, and I'll I'll be more than happy to to answer the questions um but yeah I, I don't think i have anything more to add i can't think of anything i mean it, it's a little weird because we're i guess we're so used to doing them that we can't think of any questions <laughs> yeah um, i tried to I'm write assuming, a few down as we yeah I, I, i'm assuming i covered it pretty much as much as i could with the with the put credit spreads and call credit spreads but if there's questions uh let, let us know and we'll be more than happy to help you with that Absolutely. More than happy. All right, guys. Well, this concludes episode number two, and we will be coming at you with a third episode pretty soon. So stay tuned. We got some great topics to cover and you don't want to miss out on poor man's covered calls. All right. So yeah. <laughs> we'll and see you in the next the time episode. for it. Now it's the time for it. Now. There's a yes. lot of good deals out there. Yes. A lot of good deals why. out there with this sell-off. Yeah. There's a lot of good deals with this sell-off going on. Yes, indeed. So stay tuned. Make sure that you ask away any questions that you need, because we will do some Q&A sessions uh, over each of the episodes periodically as questions start rolling in. So yeah, that's episode two, guys. See you next time.